That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I am Shane Raymer, and you're listening to that Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. We're coming to you live in San Diego at the Innovations and Recovery Conference. Uh, and uh, this episode, we're talking with my good friend, Jaina Woodbury, Anchored Tides Recovery. Jaina's here. We're going to chat about, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about CBD today. I know that. That's going to be fun. Right off the bat, right? And uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, being a parent in recovery. Uh, Jane is going to share a little bit of her story. Uh, so we're going to have a good time. And before we do that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram. Go to at realthatsoberguy uh, or tw- uh, on Twitter, at Shane Raymer. I still have no clue how to use Twitter, but I do have an account there. So I'll do my best <laughs> if you hit me up on there. Um, yeah, and I mentioned, too, we're at the Innovations and Recovery Conference. So, uh, you know, I've had people say, well, what the hell is that? Um, and really, it's everything new in behavioral health care. So we come out here. Uh, we're going to talk to a lot of good people, uh, both in recovery, some are in the uh, treatment industry, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are recovery advocates, too. Uh, so we're, we're here to help inform you on what's going on in the recovery community and the industry and, of course, have some fun at the same time. So if you want some more information about Foundation's events, uh, like this one, Innovations in Recovery, uh, Moments of Change, uh, you can go to foundationsevents.com, and there'll be plenty of info for the next upcoming events on there. Uh, Last, finding the right treatment option for addiction and mental health illnesses uh, can be tough. That's why we've continued to partner with Foundation's Recovery Network. They stay true to their mission. They hold high ethical standards. Uh, They also provide treatment in a nationwide network of residential and outpatient programs. So no matter where you're at, there's somewhere, someplace uh, that they can connect you with to get some help. If you or a loved one needs help, you can go to foundationshelp.com slash sober guy, or you can call 833-81-SOBER. That's 833-81-SOBER. And you can talk with an admissions coordinator about treatment options. Uh, you can uh, ask any questions and get some info. I promise you'll be well taken care of. Once again, that's 833-81-SOBER. All right, Jaina, what's up? What's up? Are you Instagramming live right now? I'm Instagramming live nice. right now. It's great to have you back on the show. What's this, like two or three times, right? Yeah. No, were, this is the third time. Third time. Okay. Yeah, and before you were formerly with the Chadwick House last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Now you're with Anchored Tides Recovery. Anchored Tides Anchored Recovery. Tides, That's son. Right. Yeah. In HP, Huntington <laughs> Beach, baby, Orange County. <laughs> it, it is in Huntington Beach, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we just went out there on the weekend. It was really crowded there. And yeah. like we, we did the whole tourist thing like it's downtown. Spring and, break. Oh, I for see. some of the schools right now. Got it. We ate at the uh, Sugar Cafe. Sugar Shack Cafe, I don't know, something that was right on the... Water. Right, yeah, right by the water. Probably all where the tourists go, yeah. like me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was so crowded. <laughs> That's why I was so yeah. crowded. All I needed was a satchel and a camera around my neck, and I would have fit in perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So what's been up with you? I know you had a baby last time. You just reminded me you were pregnant last year when we did the show. Yeah, I've had I'm having another scoot up baby, a little bit. and it's my fourth girl. You got four girls? Four girls. Dude, your husband is a straight G. How the hell does I he do that? I tell him it's karma from... <laughs> all, all the jacked up stuff he used to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So nine, six, two, and eight months. I'm turning you up a little bit. Nine, six, two, and eight months. Yeah, because your nine-year-old... Uh, what's your name again? Salia. Salia. 
Uh, her and Lucy are about the same age. Right. Yeah. Uh, man, you got your hands full. Yeah. How do you guys do that? Honestly, I mean, after Madness. two kids, it's just like survival at yeah. that point. So um, I know if it's anything like ours with two of them, it's got to be worse with four where like Jess and I, I'll try to, I'll start to say something. Hey, what, uh, and then interrupt it immediately. Mom, dad, yeah. mom. And you're just, Always. yeah. And I'm a big, I'm, I'm kind of working on it. I get irritated with it and I'm oh, kind yeah. of a baby about it. So I'm like, you know, something I got to work on, but it's frustrating sometimes. It is frustrating. I've gotten to the point where I automatically just tune out noise. <laughs> and so they'll be saying that probably for like a good five minutes. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, like, oh, there's, a, there's a person there that needs funny. something. Yeah, you got to take it like a little bit at a time. And it's funny, right. like being a parent, it, I'm glad I'm sober being a parent, number one, because right. that's what I would turn to in, in that moment of like stress or whatever. I would, if I still drank, I would immediately go to that right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but like in that, in that moment, I can, uh, you know, I can kind of take a couple breaths instead and just, you know, kind of try to back up a little bit. It takes right. a minute sometimes. But yeah, it does. And that's ultimately a practice. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Totally a practice for sure. Mm -hmm. So I think this is, I don't know, five or six podcasts today. We got a couple more later, some tomorrow. Um, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, you're good at <laughs> podcasting it up. Yeah. I mean, you have it dialed down. I, I appreciate that. And it, I was glad to know that you were coming on next because I felt like I get real hyped up. And then I felt like, um, you know, the better I know somebody, I can kind of like relax a little bit because you understand me and kind of know me a little right. bit. And now we can kind of chill and like you know, have just a real An organic, organic conversation. Combo. Yeah. Exactly. And I like to think that a lot of them are, are pretty organic too, but sometimes when you don't know somebody, it's a little bit different just trying right. to like to jump into a convo. Yeah. Points, absolutely. yeah. Uh, but man, we've had some really, really good podcasts at that too. Like, which is cool. It's just, I love hearing people's stories and right. meeting people. Like we had a uh, Elisa Saunders first thing this morning and she had a really awesome story of like recovery and then getting into um, getting into working in the treatment industry, which is right. what a lot of us do. Absolutely. What brought you into it? Like, how did that start for you? And and maybe maybe take us back and talk about your C-section too. Because I mean, that's let's where go, it started. Right. That yeah. is where it started. So I got married at a very young age, um, at the age of, right when I turned 20. Um, first kid at 21 in a foreign country because my husband was in the Marine Corps oh, wow. at that time. Um, and first baby, like ultimately. You. Oops, is that I'm good? just putting you. I'm Better. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Got it. Um, I tried going through the labor process, and after 16 hours, just couldn't do it, and had to opt for a C-section. And then you had to go through that whole thing before you got the C-section. I thought I was going to die. Holy shit! <laughs> That's terrible. Why it was awful. Yeah. You I just my body just wouldn't. Oh my god. Dilate gosh. to actually have the baby. Yeah, wow. And shift change, you know, with like the doctors, so that was fun. <laughs> like, Bob, are you I, here yet? I need my lunch. As I'm like struggling. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's um, terrible. Yeah, so ultimately had the C section and addiction is you learn that it's progressive. Yeah. And so I was that gal in high school, for example, that would smoke weed go to raves, go to the occasional like music festival. Yeah. And, but, but I always stayed in school and was good at school. And yeah. so um, for a while I wasn't using, and opiates is my drug of choice, heroin in particular. And um, when I had that C-section, it just triggered something in me again. Um, and from there, I was off and running for a while, doctor shopping. What did they prescribe you, like Percocet or Percocet. How, how many pills do you get up to a day at one point? 
Oh my gosh. Not Probably 20 or more. Really? Oh, and then I got into heavier. I think it's called Opana. Opana. I'm not quite sure. Oh, I don't sure. know if I've heard of that. You haven't heard of that? I don't think so. So I did that. Wow. Um, yeah, I was. I had it dialed down in terms of doctor shopping. So for those out there, and even a little bit, I know kind of the term, but for someone who doesn't know what doctor shopping is, like what is that? <laughs> <Let's> Essentially. <laughs> well, if I'd like to break it down. Breaking it down <laughs> is when you show up to an office in pain and you put in pain in quotes quotes and you say that you need something to feel better because of this pain or this pain and I also for a while acted like I couldn't sit on my I couldn't sit down because I hurt my tailbone um, because they had no way to really prove if it was broken or not broken and oh, a it, tailbone? It, if you injure your tailbone like it's it is actually pretty painful apparently totally i've heard that too i've never you broke have. mine but yeah i mean i haven't either actually. but i've heard it's i i've landed on my ass on it plenty it's like snowboarding or skateboarding yeah. or something and that shit hurts yeah. really bad yeah. yeah so i was doing that um I had a fake MRI that I created yeah, yeah so like i mean hustling. i was like straight hustling yeah. dang yeah, and so you go okay. you go to multiple doctors and then multiple get, doctors and I eventually got flagged in the system. Like I'll oh. never forget how embarrassed I was. I was at a doctor's office and this lady came in and opened up my file and then highlighted every single prescription that I had gotten in the past few months and I'm telling you this white paper was basically yellow. Damn. Um, and she sent me away and in those moments of in that moment, so she I kind of called you out in that big moment. time, yeah. like huge. Wow! So I was flagged. <laughs> <laughs> I was flagged in I the was office. Flagged in the system. My nurse Rebecca. <laughs> but it's tricky because the emotions that go with that. It's like when you're in the thick of addiction. Like I was, yes, I was upset that I got called out, but I was more upset, and it was coming from a place of fear of just not knowing what I was going to do next. Um, it's that, that fight or flight, that survival mentality, and ultimately that's what addiction is for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, after a while, it's not fun, and especially with opiates, after a while, you're physically addicted. Yeah, and then the aftermath of that, um, the come down is like, to, like you just want to, kind of want to die, huh? <laughs> Yeah, actually, you do. <laughs> it's just kind of like God just fucking kill me. Yeah, <laughs> like see, someone getting sober can say that, and another person working in the field understands that. But if yeah. someone else who doesn't get it hears that, it's like, oh my gosh, like there's oh, absolutely yeah. something. And I and two, I just want to say too, because I feel like I don't. I'm not making light of that by any means. Either, no, because we're kind of laughing yeah. about it. But like, I think that's one of the things. You know, we deal with a lot of different people, personalities, people going through shit right. um, in this, you know, um, community of recovery. And so I've always found that, like, if I can't find a way to, like, kind of laugh about stuff, it can really, like, destroy you if you just take shit so serious all the time. And so, uh, I don't know. I just want to say that so it's not like I'm being a dick or anything. Yeah, but, no, I, yeah. I totally understand that. And it is a hard place to be, ultimately, yeah. is, is that... Um, feeling of just hopelessness and the good news is that a lot of people that have gotten sober or are sober that's where it starts is that yeah. place of desperation yeah. um and i mean it is we were yes we're joking about it um but there are some things that you can say i think in like a group of recovery people and we get totally it totally get it yeah yep. like i i remember i was um with a couple people i think this is my first year sober and this gal was newly getting sober and her drug of choice was 
opiates and she was like i haven't gone to the bathroom in like weeks <laughs> and we're all like dying oh, wow. laughing yeah. you know because yeah. it's like we get it like yeah. we you know need some maalox yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need some fiber yeah <laughs> oh that's funny yeah uh, yeah so well part of your story too is uh, you already mentioned you have four girls but right. your oldest at the time um, you know that was a that was a big thing for you, right? She was she was only two, or she was she was two when I was yeah. getting sober. And then when you went into sober living, she came with you. Yes. Yeah. And so you sent me this awesome video, which literally did make me cry a little bit this morning. I just want to tell you that, How, but it's just so sweet. And your daughter, uh, you can see her little creative mind, which is awesome. Yes. Uh, she's a little artist. Absolutely. Uh, Celia, right? Celia. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little artist, and you can tell how much she loves you, and it was so cool to like see that. Um, you know, you guys have a strong bond, and, and, and it was really strong, really evident in the video. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is hard. I mean, I refuse to go to aftercare without Celia. Yeah. Um, so initially, when I was getting sober, I was away from her for 60 days, and that was hard. Um, and then reunited with her, and then we lived together for about eight months in treatment. And yeah. As a parent getting sober, I totally get it. it. It's hard because when you're getting sober, you're ultimately told to, I don't want to say worry about yourself, but like take the next indicated step for yourself. Yeah. And then when you add kids into the mix, you have to figure out that balance and what that looks like. Um, a lot of times there's a lot of shame that comes with that. You know, like, oh my goodness, what did I do? Yeah. Um, their experience, as you know, being a parent, children are very pure. Yeah, um, totally. You know, and so having uh, dissonance in a household or, uh, you know, addiction ultimately, it, yeah. it could cause a lot of pain and oh, issues. Totally. Yeah. That's all. I mean, that's how I grew up. Like, and my parents both loved me and my sister. Like, they. Uh, they were doing the best. That's what I realized now. They were doing the best they knew how to do at the time. With what they knew. With what they knew. Right. It wasn't really their fault. Right. You know what I mean? And so as, you know, as someone who struggled with addiction, and even before I think I struggled with addiction, that victim mentality took on an early oh, role. Right. Like, oh, my, you know, my, I live like this, or my parents, the cops are always at our house, or, you know, I whatever the thing is that was my identity you know what right. i mean so i really had no clue like who i was until i turned 32 and decided to go to treatment and tj and i were talking about this yesterday about how like then the brain starts to def defrost and now i get to learn who i am right i'm still doing that every day i'm like wow you know there's still there's like a new thing every day but then throw kids in the mix too of that and yeah. it's so i mean that's it's a whole different, a whole different ball game. but it ball sounds game. like you're pretty open about your uh, your recovery with your kids too. I believe that that's part of the healing process. You yeah. mentioned shame and a lot of times when it comes to feelings of shame or feeling bad about a situation, we naturally as human beings don't like to feel that way. And yeah. so we resort to something else to make us feel better. Yeah. Um, really the solution is in turning and facing it and acknowledging it and understanding that, yes, I do have a shame voice. Yes, I do have a victim voice. Yeah. And Rumi, I think there's a, a quote where, um, where he talks about like allowing these voices to have a seat at your table because ultimately it's a part of who you are. Yeah. Um, and then figuring out too, like being able to honor it and then what's the solution yeah. like for it, you know? Yeah, so totally. being able to like actually combat it um, and looking at it. Yeah, that's crazy. Mike. 
I'm, I'm thinking of something and my head is throbbing on the side right now for some reason. It's <laughs> <laughs> because you're thinking? <laughs> I don't think it was just because of that. I think it's the lights. I almost thought about, I'm going to put my sunglasses on right now, but I don't want to look like a jackass, so I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Why is that asshole over there thinking he's cool with his sunglasses on inside? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so Anchored, Anchored Tides Recovery, though, now that's, um, that's who you're working for now. Yeah, um, I love it. And it's a smaller facility, right? They're growing. Smaller. All women. All women, yeah. clinicians, all women. You have everything. a big heart for women. Huh? I love, well, yeah. and I think that's why I have four girls too. Like I, there's something very powerful about yeah. women that are connected. Well, women in general. Totally. And we're very powerful together. Oh yeah. Um, and you guys I, talk a lot together too. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a man's point of view. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. so my wife, I'm, I, like they get going, her and her mom or her sister or friends and stuff. And we always, like, I'll sit back and kind of listen, and I'll go, is that cute? Oh, that's cute. Oh, I can see, oh. yeah. <laughs> no, I love it, though. It's funny. But, yeah. Yeah, so strong, strong bond, though, but uh, Anchor Tides, uh, all women. All uh, women, um, aftercare. I like working in aftercare yeah. uh, because that's where stuff happens. That's when a lot of the underlying issues start to present itself. Yeah. Um, that's... The longer you're in treatment, you have a higher chance of being successful. That's just a proven yeah. fact across the board. That's the time when you're figuring out that balance of what my treatment process looks like with my yeah. recovery process as well as who am I now that I am sober and I'm stepping into myself. Is it, am I a working yeah. uh, gal, a part of the community? Am I going to go back to school and further my education? And so that's when that the good stuff yeah happens. it's kind of tough to do like 30 days and then get home and not There's know no, what the hell to do i don't know how and, people can do it like that well and i've shared this many times on the podcast but i'll be very brief with it but it's funny like when i got home same thing like i had no idea who i was like i was supposed to be this new like sober person right. and live this new life and you know make all the right decisions and whatever and i'm like i don't this is weird i went out and bought cowboy boots wranglers in a hunting vest. <laughs> I've never hunted in my fucking life, ever. <laughs> and I got home and I had them on. And I, so my thought process at this time was like, I'm gonna be this like working man now and I'm just gonna fucking keep my head down and work, which my intentions were well, but I was really, really confused. Like I didn't know what was, I was, gonna, I was going to meetings and whatever. And my wife looked at me one day and she goes, are, are you wearing Wranglers? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then my buddy Seth saw me too. He's like, are those Wranglers, bro? And I'm all, yeah. And he's all, all right. Whoa, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so needless to say, yeah, just an example of like really like identity wise. Right. And nothing against Wranglers or Cowboy Boots, right. by the way, either. I love old country, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, all that stuff. And I wish I could wear that shit, but I don't. I wear Vans and, you know. And blazers. And, um, I have a blazer yeah. on right now. Yeah, I do. you do. But it's got a t-shirt underneath. Right. So I'm just but trying to. But it's like Cali swag. You know is. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, you're so confused now, and and aftercare is such a big part of that. Um, do you get to see a lot of the uh, women come out too? So they're dealing with the recovery programs. I think a cool part of it is like learning who they are and what they're passionate and purposeful. Like, what do they want to do now? Like, it's kind of what you were saying, right? Am I going to be yeah. part of the community? Like, it's it pretty cool. It takes time. It takes time because yeah. again, aftercare is when a lot of those underlying issues start to present itself, um, and so we have 
you know, the clinical components of being able to look at an eating disorder, yeah. um, as well as the trauma piece. Because um, typically around, I mean, it depends on the clinician, but on average about 60, 90 days, four months is when um, a clinician will start to tap into that trauma. And yeah. I mean, trauma stores itself and, and it impacts yeah. our ability to engage on all levels. Yeah. Um, and so getting to, you know, witness that work um, and the lights ultimately come on in their eyes, typically yeah. in aftercare. That's why I love it. How is um, like building trust a big part of that? I mean, I would imagine that's got to be a huge to 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 be able to have somebody um, voluntarily start to talk about that stuff without feeling like they're pressured or, or somebody's trying to fix them. You know, I think that's right. a big thing. Like, I'm not here to fix you. Right. Like, I, I just. You know, I'm here to help guide and, uh, you know, be an advocate for you in a sense. Right, and that usually starts immediately in the admissions process. Um, so I'm the point of contact. I do the admissions um, oh, wow. and the marketing. But in terms of the admissions, like, connecting with that woman is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, sharing my story and just letting them know that I've been exactly where you're at and that there's something very comforting in knowing that and I I mean I get excited when if they're flying you know from outside of California I get so excited that um, they've committed to give themselves space um, they're giving themselves permission to, yeah. to, to foster that space and that healing because a lot of times it's not always there so that so like so you're talking about somebody say they come from um, Texas or something Texas, they want right. to come out to California get out of that environment you don't take them to the sugar shack though on Huntington <laughs> Boulevard right I mean I haven't yet because I have no idea what <laughs> no, that is <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I keep saying that the food was good but um, yeah but you, they're they're getting out of their environment yeah. uh, getting away from probably a lot of the people old people places and things yeah. things that are triggering. They're old stomping grounds. It's hard to get sober in do you, that. Do you see that? Um, there's that old saying I always think about. It's like, wherever I go, there I am. Yeah. So how do you kind of deal with the geographic? I yeah, tried we hear that. that. Yeah, it doesn't work. work. No. I tried it too. Yeah, it yeah, didn't work. It, yeah, for sure. I went to Japan. Yeah. and that's Oh, wow. I, you went really far. I just like well, came. Yeah. And that's where my using ended up again. Really? Yeah. So it only got worse in a sense. And then so. I went to North Carolina and it just got way worse. What would what, you go there for? So Sam being in the Marine Corps. Uh -huh. Yeah. So we were. There's a base there. He was there's a there. Camp Lejeune. Okay. Yeah. And then ultimately that's when I shifted from pain pills to heroin. Damn. Street. Heroin. Street. Yeah. Opiate. Opiate. Heroin. <laughs> Man. I never did heroin. Good. You know what? I don't recommend it. <laughs> you don't think I should try it? No. <laughs> Maybe just give it a shot. Just no. Yeah, I, I never, I never did it. I did um, a lot of cocaine, and then uh, you know it's funny because I would say, well, I only do cocaine when I drink. And then I had to think about it for a minute. Well, wait, I fucking drink every day. <laughs> So wait, oh I yeah. drink a lot, so I need cocaine to sober <laughs> up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then weed was like, that wasn't. Time. That was just like was to just normal. Did. I, we didn't right. get high. We stayed high. Like I mowed the lawn. Like I'd wake up, and that was the first thing I did. And went to work, and like I just normally functioning right. pothead, you know. Um, but never did heroin at all. Yeah, that's I'm, good. I'm, yeah, that's good. Thank yeah, you. Thank I'm you. proud of you for that. <laughs> <laughs> what is? Um, how long did that go for you for the, the hair, like actual mm. heroin? From I, I want to say it was probably five or six months, and it took me to my knees. Like really? my whole saying, which I look back at it and think it's completely 
like insane but i always yeah. said no needles no addiction as i'm like addicted wow. to all these things Damn. and so i progressed from popping pills to snorting them and then ultimately that the iv use as well and it just annihilated Man. me i mean i was selling things i shouldn't have been selling yeah. i was not a good I mean, I was a great person deep down, but I was just, yeah, you know, chained to, by addiction, just trying yeah. to make it. And I found a lot of purpose also because me and my husband were using together. And so I found right. this purpose in being like, yeah, I can figure it out. Like, yeah. I got I you. got this. I got this, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's really codependent and terrible place to be. Did you see um, uh, the uh, short documentary Heroin by... Um, Elaine. Elaine, yeah. She was here. They showed it on uh, Monday yes, night, I think. right. I actually was trying to touch base with her because I know they're looking for somebody to do another documentary. Oh, really? A parent and then the child around Slia's age. And I'm like, Really? Yo. Oh, she was here. You should holler at her for sure. I hollered. I yeah, you holler. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, hey. She, yeah. Did she get back to you at all? I just oh, yeah. literally sent it right before this podcast. Good. I hope that works out because the, we'll the video was, was really cool. And she taught... I saw... So... Um, Recovery Unscripted uh, Foundations podcast with David was really cool. What they did is when Elaine came up, so they showed the movie uh, Monday night, and then the first thing uh, Tuesday morning, yesterday mm -hmm. morning, they did um, like a live podcast interview with her in the main That's crowd room, awesome. which was really cool. Right. Yeah, they did a great job. David did a really, really good job interviewing her, and she was awesome too because what she did, um, she talked about the, the film, obviously, but then she also just talked about the community because she's from that area in Huntington and West Virginia. Um, but anyways, the reason I bring that up is that um, there was a part in there where one of the one of the girls um, there's I can't remember the lady's name in there, but basically she had this thing called um, uh, brown bag, brown bag something. She went around and she handed out food to women on the street, right? That were either addic addicted, they're prostitution, all that stuff. It was like. She would, and she would try to get them into drug court, get them mm. in a rehab treatment center. Um, and she picked up one of the girls and she asked, she had asked her at some point, what does it feel like um, to get high on heroin? Like, what is so good about it? What does that feel like to you? And the, the lady who does the brown bag thing, she's a really, what I got was a devout Christian, really and connected with God. And um, the girl told her, the only way I know how to describe it to you would be if you met Jesus face to face. That's how I would describe heroin, wow, what it does to me. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, whoa, that's pretty intense right there. Uh, the only way I ever described like ecstasy or anything was like you won the lottery, and then once you <laughs> once it wears off, yeah. you feel like you lost it all. Yeah, and you feel fucking all. miserable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, is that a good description? Like something? Because I like I said, I, I mean, never did you, heroin. But when you do heroin, it releases the same chemical that's released when a mother is breastfeeding her child. So. It, I think really? it's oxytocin. Oh, wow. I want to say it's oxytocin. Yeah. I could totally be wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. It's one of something tocin. <laughs> yeah, something tocin. It's um, a big word. Yeah, yeah, and so it invites like this attachment and that warm wow. feeling. Yeah. Um, and for some people, that, that's what they've been waiting for. Totally. You know, so Feeling that's, complete. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it is a chemical deal. Like, there is a lot that goes into addiction. Yeah. 
Well, I do remember the, the pills, though, because I took plenty of those, but just never straight heroin. So I guess it's somewhat of the same effect, like just... Well, yeah, the way it binds to your opiate yeah. receptors. Yeah, Even, so like, crazy. if you do Suboxone, for example, which, uh -huh. I mean, there's a big push for medication-assisted treatment now, yeah. Matt. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've been hearing a lot about that, Yeah, too. so the, it binds to the same receptors, um, the Suboxone. To kind of block, to to, block to, them out. To block it, but yeah. also what people don't realize as well as there's also a withdrawal from that after they come off of it potentially yeah and so i remember i tried doing suboxone to get clean oh gosh like eight years ago and i remember asking the doctor like why um do should i take this like i want to get off of it and, yeah, and his response quit. was pretty powerful he, he was like some people will die like every time they go out they literally overdose and this is just what and i know people yeah. that have been successful and they've been on it for five years it just is what it is and yeah. so um encouraging the treatment community everyone to be open-minded everyone has totally. their own you know opinion and path but this is you know a life how did you um or do you have any thoughts or um experience with like narcan or um any of the that was a big thing they focused on in the movie, was in, in the heroin movie, was, um, you know, there's so many people dying in that community that they brought in, you know, Narcan to help bring back people. But at the same time, the argument was that you're promoting the drug use at the same time because people now think that they can get. And, you know, it's who, who else just said some, I think it was Elaine, said that she found some of the old drug dealers that were selling heroin in the community, they were now selling Narcan, Narcan with it, on probably. the street. Yep. Yeah, because that was a one, people wanted it. You yep. know, it was, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, and there's actually um, even a needle exchange over in Anaheim that people go to to exchange for clean needles. Yeah. Um, I think this is like uncharted territory for yeah. us. I know like one of the government's solutions was to provide Narcan to be readily available. And yeah. that means cost as well. Um, yeah. And it's not cheap from what no, I know. It's, it, well, it's yeah. not cheap, but now it's available. Yeah. And uh, I think it is it Sweden. But they had. Oh, my gosh. This was a few years ago. I watched a documentary on it. But there was a lot of drug abuse and homelessness like a rise. Uh -huh. um, and what they did was offer like the clean stations to where you can go get what you need to get, do what you need to do and then leave. And a lot of people, you know, thought that's counterintuitive but it also decreased the homelessness um, really yeah so they actually saw the numbers they, there drop, was solution so that came yeah. from that and so here I mean ultimately it's about the system and, and yeah. how you control and then if you do implement something to support the the crisis how is it measurable um, yeah. and that's something that I'm grateful to be a part of is the NAATP I was telling you about um, there's a lot of advocacy work that they do, and I'm um, actually going to Washington in May really? for something called the Hill Day. Nice. Um, I actually have a training for it on Friday. It's just so, so what we do get you in do? front like, of what, the center. You just it? advocate yeah. for policy reform, just really? continuing to to let um, people know like this is where we're at. Yeah. You know, awareness, as a community. Breaking awareness, down stigma, breaking the stigma, yeah. all of it. That's cool. Yeah. I've never been to Washington. You should go. I know. Have you been? Seventh grade field trip to washington dc you know nice got yeah. to see uh, all the cool monuments cool and monuments yeah yeah i've never been i've always wanted to go i went to philly uh two years ago for the first time did you get a philly cheesesteak i did yes which one there's two we they're across to, the street um, from each other 
Let's see. Uh, gyms. We got one at gyms, which my, it made my clothes stink for like the rest of the <laughs> night because the line was out the door, so you got to yeah. wait. Um, and then I got another one. We went to a Phillies game, too, which was awesome. Was it? That was hella fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can't. I don't think it was gyms at the Phillies game. I can't remember what it was. But I don't remember. What it was either. fun. We did. We did the whole touristy thing, like yeah. all the um, you know museums and where they signed the Declaration of Independence. All See, that stuff. I love stuff like that. I do too. I'm like a huge nerd for that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I like reading about it. Um, you know, standing in the hall, and then I, I sit there and trip out. And go, this is where they stood, right there. And they could have been standing right here and signed it. (laughs) (laughs) This is where it all went down. Yeah, Yeah, and then we saw where they made, um, uh, Betsy Ross made the first American flag. See that? That was crazy. I'm down with that. Yeah. That's like the artistic piece. And they told the whole story of it. And like, it was neat. They had, um, Mm -hmm. they had like actors in there, like acting out how they would make, you know, wash the clothes. And it was really, really cool. Yeah. How the hell did we get on my trip to Philadelphia? Washington Advocacy Movement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So what's, so when do you go next week or? May, I think I fly out the 6th or 7th and then Hill Day's on the 8th. So is that something that you do on your own or do you represent Anchored Tides while you're out there? So Anchored Tides, I got a, a part, I've did a process to where now they're members of NAATP and it's a very strict process. Um, there's like a code of ethics that you go by. Yeah. Um, as you know, there's a lot of unethical stuff happening yeah. in the treatment industry and it's kind of like that stamp of approval um, from it. a board. And one of my mentors um, is on the board and she's been in the industry for 40 plus years. Wow. Um, and something that she always told me was it's important to be a member of an NAATP. And so that was the first thing I did. I was like, this is a great program and I'm gonna get that for us. And I did. And That's so, cool. yeah, so now we're a part of that um, organization. Gives you that that seal of approval. So you know seal you're not a piece of, of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, to I put mean, it bluntly, yeah, right. like, okay, They've we're, removed we're reputable. Members, you yeah, know, like they, they're on it if they're not, you know, living yeah. by the guidelines. Yeah, that's good, that's mm-hmm. good. Um, what else is up? Anything else? Uh, well, we were going to talk about CBD a little CBD. bit before we go. Yeah. Yeah. So what's up with CBD? I know people, I mean, that's the hot thing right now. It is the hot um, thing. People think that even I thought for a while that it was just too. weed. I didn't know really much about it. I'm still in the learning uh, path of that. But what's your thoughts on it? What are you doing with it? So you have natural cannabinoids in your system already. Um, you actually have, it's called the endocannabinoid system, the ECS. And the way CBD interacts with this system, um, it you know it it addresses anxiety. It can yeah. address um, cancer symptoms, for example. I know you have experience with your wife, yeah, migraines. right? Migraines. migraines. Um, yep. And so overall, like it's a natural way. Um, it's not ultimately the solution for everyone and there is a huge stigma kind of associated with it especially in the recovery community because when you think cbdo it's a part of the the cannabis family what do you think of getting high right tc yeah (laughs) (laughs) tally remember tally yeah but i've done a lot of research um on it and from firsthand experience um it's I feel a clean, earthy, natural way to, instead of the pharmaceuticals, right? Like I would rather 
do something natural versus having any day. But some people need meds, and, and I respect that, and, and that's just yeah. a part of people's process. And that's process. the thing, it's like right. every case is different, every so I think it ha- you kind of have to look at it like that. You can't really group everything right. together. Right. Yeah, I feel you on that. Right. Um, I was going to ask you something else, and I forgot. What up? <laughs> um, CBD. I mean, there's different forms of CBD. So there's isolate CBD, which is like an isolated version, and it's just the CBD. Then there's full spectrum, and this is where people. Oh yeah, this is what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I get earlier. a little confusing because the way they source full spectrum is from the the whole plant, and so there can be up to potentially 0.03 percent of THC. Um, and then but you're not going to feel that though, right? 0.03. No, and then also too, it's like, what's the intention behind someone using it? Exactly. It? It's yeah. all about the intention. Yeah. Like if someone's like, oh, I, you know, feel, you know, off my rocker right now. I'm just yeah. going to go do this, and they're expecting maybe to feel high from. I don't know. You know, that's that. That'd be a little questionable. Well, see, so here's a good example. I, just, I totally just forgot this. Last year when we came to. Um, uh, this conference. Yeah. I had sh- uh, shoulder surgery when I was like 21. So I played baseball growing up, right? So I tore a bunch of stuff in my shoulder. Had the surgery. Um, shoulder in- in- uh, injuries are really hard to rehabilitate, even if you do the correct stuff, which right. I didn't do all the way, anyways. Um, but needless to say, it's never been the same, right? And um, occasionally, it will flare up in re- in to really bad pain. And last year, on our way to the conference, actually a couple days before, I don't know what happened in there, if I tweaked it or something, but it hurt so bad that I, I literally couldn't sleep at night. And I have a pretty, like, I think I'm pretty damn high tough, right? I'm, I got a yeah. high pain tolerance, <laughs> you know? But I think I do, right? Like, right. I'm, you know, I don't usually whine about stuff too much. But this shit hurt really fucking bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, it was affecting my sleep, whatever. So... Um, when we got down here, we got some C- a CBD roll-on. Yeah. And it helped big time. Yep. It helped big time. And I, I, I um, you know, I didn't want to take any, like, opiate stuff. I'm not going to take that stuff. I'm just, I won't do it. So I was really bearing the, trying to bear the pain. And it, what it did, it's not like it was magic. It didn't make the pain go away. Right. But it just, it just soothed it and it made it bearable a little right. bit. You know? Right. And so it actually, it did help. I, like, I experienced some CBD. It worked. You know what right. I mean? Right, right. Um, so what are your plans? So you, you use it too, right? So the tincture, uh, so there's like the roll on, there's like a tincture form. Um, people put it in their tea. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of different ways Droppers, you know, the, with the droppers. Yeah. Um, in particular, I have a little passion project because I am all about just natural wellness. Yeah. Um, even like on it from a spiritual side, just like meditation and, um, just ultimately getting well, right? Because I come from addiction and yeah. and all of that and um so with the rooted company i'm really excited about that we're actually launching um, a lavender essential oil um everyone loves lavender and lavender the smells so good lavender is delicious and we <laughs> actually on saturday i drove up to the farm oh really to pick up five pounds of essential oil <laughs> And bundles of dried lavender. Did you feel like you were like transporting drugs like, back or something? Were you all tripping out? No, my car smelled <laughs> like lavender. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. It's a good smell. Um, and so we're, we're launching that and then also doing... Um, I'm trying to find the Instagram right now. So it's if you want to follow uh, on Instagram, it's The Rooted, R-O-O-T-E-D Company, mm-hmm. um, at The Rooted Company, right? Yeah. Right, okay. right. 
Um, and then with the CBD that we're sourcing um, is actually, so it's not isolate, it's not full spectrum, it's broad spectrum. And so essentially it went through one more processing to where there's absolutely no THC, Got it, so period. No. Um, and it's has all like the terpenes and like terpenoids yeah. that you should have um, well, as think, if you're sourcing from the whole plant. Well, that's, that's um, what a lot of people I think are looking for, especially in recovery, right? They want to use CBD, but they're afraid that it's going to mess their sobriety up or is there THC in it? And some of that stuff is hard to understand too, right. alone just the about, you know, what, what is it like one, 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 they do like the, uh, the ratio, like ratio, one to one yeah. To one ratio. yeah, exactly. And you don't really if you don't you know, have to you be careful. Know. There's yeah. a lot of dirty CBD companies out there. I mean, it's just so it's like hitting the country yeah. like a wave. Oh, totally. Right now, so you you have to be careful. And so when you're at, tapping into that sort of market, education is really yeah really important for the consumer. Um, yeah. And just understanding how, like, if you are doing an oil-based CBD or essential oil, like, how is your body going to respond to yeah. that? Um, have so, you seen a lot of success though with that through friends, family, and uh, or just? I have, like, so yeah. my cousin who passed away, rest in peace, um, was diagnosed with a brain tumor, um, and within two months, it just completely, it just annihilated his ability yeah. on all levels. And he was doing CBD, and it gave him a, a, a quality of life again. Yeah. It like actually supported hindering the growth. I, I guess you could say yeah. ultimately, like. It did take his life, but it gave him probably an extra eight, nine months. Wow. Uh, with Quality us. of life, too. Quality like, to of life, to where he was talking. Yeah. He yeah. Uh, has always been close to our family, and so he got to witness um, being present for Faye, who's my third girl, her birth. Yeah. Do you, do you have a hard time remembering all their names sometimes? <laughs> I mean, I do call them the wrong names <laughs> yeah. sometimes. I think yeah. that's normal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the CBD with us, with you mentioned it a minute ago with Jess, is that, you know, she got migraines after she had the kids, and, um, you know, she would be prescribed Percocet or whatever, and man, it's just like, it, was, it would make her feel t terrible, and it, it actually wouldn't even help the migraines a lot of the time, it would just make her, like, really feel like tired, shit. Yeah, right. tired, loopy. Sick. Uh, sick, yeah, she, I remember her throwing up a lot. Um, and as soon as she started using um, uh, CBD in the last uh, year, um, now when she feels the migraine coming on, if she if she takes some of that, um, it alleviates it and it, and it it basically chills it. It might not make it fully go away, but it makes it manageable to right. where it's not this excruciating thing where she's out for multiple days. So it's been really cool to see that it actually works. Right. Right. Um, and there's different, it's also important to understand there's different species of cannabis, right? There's marijuana, which yeah. is heavy with the THC component. And then there's hemp, which is yeah. not, you know, hemp from the plant a long time ago was a huge resource for us. Yep. Um, but then so. it got taken over. Well, they, it got banned. banned. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> they were, there was a, I think cotton came in. That's what it was. The co I'm serious. The yeah. cotton industry came in and was like, fuck you guys. We're making all the money. We're going to go with cotton. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What the the monopoly. I try to act like sometimes. It was a monopoly though. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of hungry. Are you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I think we're going to go eat some lunch here in a minute. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on uh, today and, yeah. uh, and talking and sharing a little bit. Uh, anything else you want to plug or talk about or anything before we get going? I mean, where can folks reach out to you if they want to? Um, um, so I have a blog. It's that's uh, right. rootedmom.com. Yeah. And essentially it's for women um, and just like a natural 
path. So I talk about organic options, just how to live like a clean, non-toxic lifestyle. Um, and that's kind that's of awesome. what got me into the realm of essential oils yeah. and whatever um, works, right? And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, I feel it's crazy. This is the third podcast with you, right? And yeah, it's like, I as I so. look back each year, I've been like in a different season in my life. I've had babies. Uh, transition jobs and now yeah. launching my own thing so it's just like a testament to like continuing to take the next indicated step no matter yeah. what you know good for you congrats on yeah, that too that's you. a really good point i think to end with too it's like we don't know where this path is really taking right. us but if we don't trip on expectations and like trying to force everything to happen we just kind of go with the flow right and we do the next right thing stay sober like the everything will fall into place you totally know, for a while yeah good for you that's awesome yeah, so thank I, you. I, it's www.rootedmom.com right yep. okay cool i'll put that in the show notes um i gave out the instagram uh one more time that was at rooted at the rooted company uh, is that is that the um, that's my bundles of lavender. that's your bundles of lavender <laughs> i'm looking at the bundles of lavender on uh, on instagram right now and there those are some yeah that's a lot of lavender right there it's oh. a good instagram by the way too lots thank of cool you. stuff on the here thank pretty yep all right well thank you again yeah, yeah appreciate it appreciate you um thanks for uh, tuning in today guys check us out at that sober guy.com uh connect with us on instagram at real that sober guy at shane raymer on twitter uh thanks to foundations for having us out and humans music love those guys too if you haven't heard any music be sure to check them out peace love and respect